Possum Podcast. Toot toot. Mr. Possum, it's Valentine's Day. The uh. Christmas for lovers. Ooh, what a special time of year when the Walgreens is simply bursting at the seams with balloons and heart-shaped packages of chocolate confectionery. When one can hardly find respite on the radio dial from the sultry and sexy sounds of love-making musics. When one's wintry thoughts turn to dancing and smooching with one's bay, hubs, or wifey. It is truly the most wonderful time of the year for those of us who have our very own sweetie, our love partner. Why, Mr. Possum, why are you looking so glum tonight? Because I'm alone and I want to do ignore it. Oh, that's right. Oh, I just remembered. You're single now. Yes. Thank you for reminding me, Big Hell. Sometimes I forget how lonely I am. That's no good. So, who are you going to spend Valentine's Day with? Nobody? Just yourself? Probably just me. You're just going to sit around by yourself? Yes. Wow. That's so sad, Mr. Possum. Yep. Well, you know what might help you here and make you feel a little less pathetic? Uh, would be to read some letters from other single folks like you and uh, also people having relationship issues who've written in hoping that I, Big Hal Dottie, and to a lesser extent, the uh, lonely Mr. Possum, can help solve their relationship worries and woes. Oh, it seems the general public requires the services of a love doctor. Yeah, and his uh, animal assistant. So when we come back, we're going to start offering love advice for the wayward and woeful to give back to those less fortunate on this here Valentine's Day. We are giving free love advice, everybody. How lucky are you? We're going to get into our little mailbag here and see what we got. Big Hal, what's your first letter? Dear Big Hal and Possum, longtime listener of modest means with a big date coming up. Congratulations. You guys have been wearing the same clothes for like five years, so I imagine that you might have some advice on how to have a good romantic date on a microscopic budget. And I mean microscopic. Ideally, I'd like to have an unforgettable night with someone while spending zero dollars. Is this possible? Thanks, big non-spender in Hikes Point. Hey, big non-spender. It is, in fact, very possible to have yourself a romantic adventure with a new boo without reaching for your wallet a single time. Oh, yeah, you could just pretend you forgot it, really. Oh, Mr. Possum, that is pretty basic stuff. I think women see that one coming a mile away. They know you're a scrub if you pretend you left your wallet at home. She'll see right through that. It's the oldest trick in the book. Hmm. 
No, you got to set up something special so that she doesn't even think about wallets at all the whole night. You got to divert her attention to something else. One of my classic date schemes is I like to tell a lady to meet me at the local airstrip. You know, like uh, over by Hangar 12. Meet me out there. I got something special being flown in just for us tonight. Then you hang out on the hood of her car and wait for your friend Jeff, who's a pilot, to land his little two-engine Cessna with a bootleg crop of illegal foreign cheeses. But here's the thing. There is no Jeff, and there is no Cessna, and there is no cheeses. Hmm. So you got to make up a story about how this is the last time you're going to let Jeff make a fool of you. You tell her that you know some folks who can make things pretty uncomfortable for Jeff. And she'll, of course, say it's not that big a deal. But you've had it up to here with Jeff. And, of course, there's quite a history there uh, between the two of you as you used to run contraband for the Russians together. Oh, wow. So you're, like, setting a table that doesn't exist. And then you're throwing a guy under a bus that doesn't exist. Yeah. The bus or the guy. Yeah, you're also setting up yourself as a sort of man of mystery. You've had a lot of adventures. You're connected. You know people. Uh, These are all good things on a first date to establish. Make yourself interesting. Or you could just meet her at a dog park, you know? You watch the dogs, and nobody wants to eat anything at a dog park anyway, so it's uh, real cheap. Both of those work, in my experience. You just gonna show up to a dog park without a dog and just stand around? Yeah, people do that. I guess you could be like, oh, my dog Jeff's supposed to be here in a minute. He's supposed to land in his little plane. He's like Snoopy. He's got a plane, and he flies it, and he's gonna land, and she's gonna get all excited. And then when he doesn't land, you could be like, oh, I'm going to put Jeff to sleep. Yeah, Jeff has let me down for a final time. My dog Mm -hmm. Jeff has let me down for the last time by not flying his little dog plane into this dog park. So if you're on a budget, in a nutshell, the love advice is blame Jeff. Yeah. Mr. Possum, what's that letter you got in your hand there say? All right, this one says, Dear Love Doctors, How am I supposed to make out with my girlfriend when it's so boring? It just don't taste like nothing. It tastes plain. It's like digging into a plain bagel. Sincerely, Flavor Lover. Okay. I relate to you, Flavor Lover. I'm the same kind of way. I mean, why would you want to dig into something like that when it's just a mouth? You know, it's just lips. It's just a mouth. What do you do? I mean, I've almost fallen asleep making out with people before. But I got a little trick for you. You pretend that mouth is a warm plate of plain spaghetti. And what do you do with a warm plate of plain spaghetti? Uh, you want to get some grated parm, and you're going to shake it on it, and you're going to get some Mrs. Dash. You're going to season it. You're going to cheese it. And then all of a sudden... You're going to want that spaghetti. So just treat her face like that. You're going to get a little Parmesan cheese and shake it on her lips. And then maybe a little dash. And then the next thing you know, oh, the passion is alive again. Uh-huh. It seems like it could be dangerous to uh, to make her lips and mouth a little too delicious. You might start nibbling, biting. I said spaghetti. One's supposed to slurp spaghetti, not bite it. Is that what you do, Big Al? Do you bite spaghetti like an animal? <laughs> You're supposed to slurp it. Long noodles, long life. Mamma mia. Sometimes I like to chomp right into the spaghetti. Well, don't bite the lips. That would be a disaster. 
That would be a disaster. Mm-hmm. And you know what? She's going to notice your escalated passion. And in time, she may learn to season her own face before the date. Maybe in lieu of makeup, she just shows up with just Parmesan cheese and seasonings and other trappings upon her face. A mouthful of caramelized onions. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Now that's marriage material. Hello, dear listeners. Tonight on Valentine's Day, we're giving you free love advice. Big Hal, what do you got next in your little letter bag? Dear Big Hal, I am a hot lady possum with a great smile and a curvaceous figure who loves to creep around at night and eat out of the garbage. Mm. My problem is that I am lonely and I seem to have no luck at all in finding a date. Can you help me with this signed looking for love in Clifton? Ooh, give me that letter. Look at, uh, hold on, Mr. Possum. Try to be professional about this. Is there a number on there? Looking for love. First of all, it sounds like you aren't uh, valuing yourself highly enough first. That's the first step to finding love, is to love yourself. Nobody can love you and treat you right if you ain't treating yourself right. So let's uh, let's start by turning that schedule around. Knock it off with the gremlin hours and the trash buffet. Let's get you a day shift job and a subway card. And let's, uh, let's make that life a little more normal and a little more healthy. Hey, slow down a little bit here. We got ourselves a jewel. Have you not noticed that those are the hours that I keep and that's the food that I eat, trash, at night? Yeah. And, you, and you're frankly a mess, Mr. Possum. And you're lonely. So I don't think things are going to get any better for her uh, if she continues to live like you. Well, if you keep on trying to improve her life, she ain't going to be worth dating. She's just fine the way she is. Oh, oh, I see what's happening here. You want to go on a date with the Lady Possum in the letter. Uh, you think? She sounds tight. Okay. I don't think she sounds right for you, Mr. Possum. What are you talking about? That's exactly my type. I think that if you two got together, you would enable her bad habits, and uh, she would enable your bad habits. And I think at this moment, you guys would just bring the worst qualities of each other out. And before you know it, you guys are living in a dumpster together, uh, just complete squalor, eating trash. I just think she should shoot a little higher than you. You know, she doesn't sound, she doesn't sound that desperate, Mr. Possum. Wow. Okay. My skin hurts from all the hurtful things you just spilled on me. Ow, it's like hot coffee. Yeah. I don't care for that. Well, love advice is sometimes tough to hear. You don't understand how romantic possum love can be at night. I'm talking about filling up a trash can with hot rainwater and just having a hot tub with this this nice, sweet, sour smells about us, the moonlight... And the dumpster is the most romantic setting for a date. It's both where I sleep and where I eat. It's like, it's like getting a cabin in Gatlinburg. Wow, I never thought of it that way. That's, uh, 
Both beautiful and disgusting, Mr. Possum. Yep, now you're starting to get it. Now, is her number on there, or am I supposed to just smell it and go track her down? Well, no, at this point, it's now officially uh, inappropriate for you to try to date this woman because you have now given her advice, officially, in an official capacity. And that's a doctor-patient relationship, and so, sorry, I'm just going to have to uh, set fire to this letter immediately, and... uh, Great. And we'll say goodbye to looking for love in Clifton. Best of luck to you. Take care. Mr. Possum, what's the next question from a lovelorn listener? Ooh, this one's from a car, Big Al. This is weird. It's written in gas. What? Yeah, it's written in gas. It's a letter. It says it's from Christine. She's a Plymouth Fury. Ooh, that's a nice car. Chooby doo-wop. She says, Hi, I'm Christine. I'm a Plymouth Fury. I'm a living car. My human boyfriend, Arnie, doesn't like me anymore. He says I'm possessed or something, and he keeps blaming me for people choking on hamburgers when they're sitting in my seats. What am I supposed to do about this? I love Arnie. Christine, the living car. Now, that's crazy, ain't it? You believe that? This car? I did not think we were going to get a letter from a car on, uh, on this occasion, Mr. Possum. It's a first. She wrote a letter. Well, first of all, I gotta say the obvious thing here. What are you doing trying to chase this human guy down? I mean, you're a car. Why don't you go find you a muscle-bound Mustang boy? Why don't you go get you a car to date? He ain't gonna leave you. He's a car, too. What do you want with that old flesh bag stepping on your pedals and pulling your cranks? Hmm. That's interesting. That's very interesting to me, Mr. Possum. What? Well, just that advice. I I guess I've never really thought about it, but are Christine's problems, do they all stem from the fact that she's picked, like, a bad bad partner? Mm Mm-hmm. But also the question is, uh, I mean, a car can't drive another car, you know? Yeah, it could. It could with enough string and rope and stuff. I just don't know what interactions cars are going to have with each other besides driving into each other in a sort of um, demolition derby setting. Well, I'm not sure about the the nuts and bolts, so to speak. But I I have seen two cars flirt with each other. They kind of like wink and honk and kind of back their butt up to one another and sort of dance and circle around one another. It's like watching two birds. Yeah. There have been times I've seen two cars circling each other and I've been like, get a room, you know? And that's proof that I've seen it. So my advice is to don't be such a human lover. You know, they're going to disappoint you. Sometimes you live under a lady's porch for six years and you start to think that you love her. But she's just a human lady who's never going to love you. Wow. That's just an example. You truly do have a very specific background and perspective for helping Christine in this situation. Well, that's what makes me a competent love doctor, because I've been around the block a little bit, just one block. Well, I'm glad we're talking about cars because we just took quite a spin, Mr. Possum, that you have turned living under someone's porch into experience that's relevant in a relationship setting. Yeah, thanks, Toot Toot, for the spin thing. Toot Toot.
Tonight, me and Big Al are giving free love advice, and we're opening up letters from the old mailbag. What you got next, Big Al? Dear Mr. Big Hal and the Possum Guy, I am a mostly happily married man in my mid-40s. I love my wife a great deal, and we've made a lot of great memories together, and I can't imagine my life without her. <laughs> I feel like a pretty big butt is about to drop here. My problem is she's gotten a little too into pranks. They started out pretty harmless. Cup of cold water dumped over my head in the shower. Drawn on my face while I'm sleeping. Disappearing for 36 straight hours while we were on a beach vacation. Typical wife-style pranks. But lately, the pranks have been escalating. She put an oil slick down the back porch steps recently. Dang near got a concussion out of it. I pretended to fall asleep the other night and caught her hooking my toes up to a car battery. And I'm seeing all these banner ads on Facebook for bear traps and powder kegs. Wow. Should I be worried, or is this just some harmless fun I'm stressing for no reason? Signed, Hanky Pranky in Clarksville. Hanky Pranky. Ooh-wee, prank escalation. This is a serious issue in relationships, uh, particularly in the social media age, Mr. Possum. Used to take certain pranks, like um, oh, like that left-hand-in-water prank or the driving away slightly while someone tries to get into the car. They used to take pranks like that years to spread across the country by word of mouth, but now people make these compilation videos and try to one-up each other, and you start to get the impression that uh, pretty soon you're going to pull up Facebook and straight up watch a feller die on there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, what do you do about it if your wife has gotten hooked on an escalating series of pranks? Well, first step is to restate your boundaries. Next time she pulls a prank on you, I suggest you get really mad about it. Holler at her and complain a lot. Make a big fuss about the prank while you're still covered in tar or pig's blood and your face is all red. You know. Mm-hmm. Maybe cry a little bit. Oh, cry a little bit? That's a great idea. Make a big show of how much the prank inconvenienced you and upset you. And then after everything's cooled down, I suggest you form a sort of no-prank zone somewhere in your house, somewhere that you can feel safe and secure in the knowledge that no pranks will befall you as long as you are in that area. And again, if she refuses to respect that, make sure you holler and fuss about it a a a lot. And I think that no-prank zone should be extra comfy for you. Have your back to the, you know, the entrance to the the room. Have bananas all around so you can have snacks. You don't have to get up and get nothing. And you know what? Don't even have a trash can in there. Just throw the banana peels right on the ground. That's fine. And set up a camera, too. Oh, that's great. I think the cameras are a great idea because if she breaks the rules and pranks you in the no prank zone, you can sort of rewind the tape and say, look here, look at how much this upset me. Look at the problem you caused for me and how much I slipped around and fell on all the banana peels and, and so on. And you're definitely going to want to make a sort of compilation video of all the times the pranks have upset you the most. Mm-hmm. Maybe get yourself uh, one of them plastic bubbles, like the, like the boy in the bubble, mm-hmm. and just say, look, if you can't respect my space, if you can't stop hooking me up to electronic devices or laying out uh, different traps and things, I am going to live in this bubble until you can learn how to respect my boundaries. Mm-hmm. And don't you dare sneak up on me while I'm sleeping in my bubble and come up to the little port and put a stink bomb in here. Don't you dare. Make sure he says that. Don't you dare sneak up on me in the backyard and attach a hose to my bubble and fill my <laughs> bubble up with water 
so that I swim around like a fish in the bubble. Don't you dare do that. If you do that, I will get tremendously upset at you. It's very important that he tell her what what he doesn't want done to him, I think. (laughs) Right. Mr. Possum, why don't you go ahead and read one of our questions from our listeners? All right, here's one. It says, Dear expert love doctors, my hubby is stuck to the couch. He's a real couch potato. He don't ever get up. The other day I was vacuuming crumbs up around his butt, and I noticed that his skin has fused to the upholstery. Should I divorce him? He's part couch. Sincerely, miserable lady. Wow, miserable lady. Um, should you divorce the the feller who fused himself to a couch? I don't think so. I don't think so either. She's got herself a good man there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and not only do you have yourself a good man, you you know that you have him for good. Mm-hmm. That's the real bright side of this that you should be looking at. That is the glass half full here is that this guy isn't going anywhere. That man's going to stay put. That is security you cannot buy in the card aisle at Walgreens. Yep. And sometimes you got to read between the lines. When somebody gets their skin fused to a couch, think about it. He could have sat in the chair by himself and got fused to it, which is a message that says, leave me alone. But he's on the couch. That is such a good point, Mr. Possum. He chose a communal piece of furniture to get himself fused to instead of a solitary one. Mm -hmm. And he wants you to spend your life on that couch right there next to him. Mm -hmm. Is there anything more romantic than having your skin fused to a couch next to your partner and then your skin starts to grow together? The couch is now your child. The couch is the new flesh. I say have a seat and get comfy. you got next in the mailbag big Hal. dear big Hal, this one's just to me no okay i'll go to sleep lately i have been listening to your excellent 2021 valentine's day album smells like love which has just become available on all streaming music platforms well thank you for uh mentioning that there's so many great songs on there it's hard for me to just pick one as my favorite It also seems like you may have covered all the many angles and scenarios of romantic love in these songs, leaving little left for others to say. Problem is, I'd like to write a love song for my girlfriend, and I don't know what to say. Any advice on writing an original song? Signed, Aspiring, in Tyler Park. Wow. Well, first of all, let me say I can't really relate to not knowing what to say. That might just be a you problem, because I have never had any trouble opening my mouth and letting whatever charming or interesting poetry it forms to tumble out onto the floor. But let's say I were having some trouble. Let's say I hit a spot of love song writer's block. 
I'd probably stare angrily at a blank sheet of notebook paper for a few minutes before uh, ripping that page out in anger and slapping my own face and shouting at myself, Come on, dotty, you old fool. You've lost it. You'll never create again, you dried-up old husk. You molted snakeskin blowing across a barren desert. I'd just holler and berate myself like that for as long as it takes until I stop being a loser, and then I would write a song. Can I can I come clean about something? Yeah, go ahead, Mr. That, Possum. That, that wasn't the voice in your head yelling them things. That was me. I yelled that through your window. Oh, I hear you yelling that all the time. Oh, okay. So it's both of us. It just bounces off of me like water off a duck's back, Mr. Possum. So both of us can't stand you. Well, sometimes. Sometimes I can see you through the window just sitting there not doing anything, and I start saying, hey, get to work. You ain't never going to do nothing. And I do appreciate that from anybody who gives me that kind of motivation. That really does help me. It does help me to hear that I am a loser who will never create anything of value again and has never really made anything good before. I do appreciate it. Hey, you know, everybody's got a different motivator. You know, some people like the, the, the feel of pain. And some... Like the fear of uh, being acknowledged as a loser. And that's what works for me. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say one thing you can do in a pinch with a love song. Uh, if you're looking for a prompt, you know, or you're looking for uh, uh, some help getting started, is you could just pick a setting or a metaphor. You know, like a setting, like a um, love shack. For that song, they just thought, well, what if the love were to happen in a shack? And then, uh, of course, all the other stuff just happened because they, they had to get to the shack. Or there's Love Gun by Kiss, uh, that, and that's, of course, just a gun that shoots love. That's pretty much writes itself once you start thinking about it. Uh, so you could do something like Love Deli. All my passion meets are on display for you. Kisses by the pound. You know what? This is getting too good, Mr. Prosper. I'm going to have to keep that one for myself. I'm keeping Love Deli. Mm-hmm. That's good. What's an object? Give me, give me an object, Mr. Possum. Uh, let's see. Um, house slipper. House shoe. House shoe. Yeah. Uh, it's my love slipper. Love slipper. Ah, that sounds good. Slip me on and take out the garbage. That works. Oh, how, what about the crisper in the fridge? The little crisper drawer? Yeah. For the vegetables and stuff? Yeah. Love crisper. Let's keep ourselves fresh. Ooh. Let's ignore our love until it turns black and brown and greasy. Our love's hidden away. In a special drawer. I love that. Love flash drive. Put a few files on me and plug me into your pooter. Mr. Possum, why don't you read our last question from a listener? This one says, Dear love doctors, I'm a human lady. And there's a possum who lives under my porch. And I have a big crush on him, but I'm afraid to talk to him. He probably thinks that I hate him. What should I do? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Big owl. Wow. It's my ex-wife. This is pretty big. This is your uh, this is your ex-wife who you claimed to be married to for years, mm-hmm. but who didn't appear to know who you were and certainly never agreed to be in a marital relationship with you. Wow. And now she's interested. Now she's interested. This is crazy. It sounds like she's been interested the whole time. We've been star crunch lovers this whole time, Big Al. Right. Can you believe it? Oh, this is my opportunity to manipulate her into giving me stuff. So I would respond to this. Dear human lady. Right. Get you some food that will slip into the slats beneath your wooden porch. 
I would suggest a fudge round or an oatmeal cream pie. The sounds of the plastic wrapper will let me know that you're dropping something down there. It'll be sort of like a little Pavlov bell that will make my mouth slobber about. You could also put some chips down there. I like stuff that's very crunchy to the level of being like gravel. So I would suggest a kettle chip. Okay. Barbecue's good. Mesquite is good. And you know what? We'll see where this goes. Yeah. What do you think of that, Big Al? I'm going to play hard to get. (laughs) I think the listeners at home are getting a very good glimpse at what it's like to try to court you or date you, which is no real clear promises, but an expectation of constant food. I mean, I don't, I think that's, if, if humans are being honest, that's all they want too. No real promises and lots of food. Yeah, that's sort of why dating tends to happen in restaurants, I think. Exactly. I'll have the oatmeal cream pie, Mr. Maitre d'. And crinkle it for me in case I'm asleep when you come to my table. That way I'll know you're coming with the food. Scatter my sides about my face and chest as I sleep at the table, Mr. Waiter. Cover me in a mountain of shredded cheese and turn up the heat so that I can turn into Pizza the Hut. All drippy and gooey. That's a date. The Big Howl and Possum Podcast. Toot toot.